Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. This is an interactive, interactive interactive podcast designed for audience participation. Come talk, talk, talk. text chat, or listen live at TalkShoe.com. Good evening, everybody. Uh, this is Jules, and uh, welcome to uh, the next episode of Traveling to Italy. Uh, I took a couple of weeks off uh, over the holidays. I actually went out to Colorado skiing at a, a ranch that we go to uh, every year near Steamboat Springs, and then the week between Christmas and New Year's was naturally pretty hectic. Um, had, a, had a very wonderful uh, actually holiday this, this year. Family came in, did a lot of, a lot of group stuff and everything. So uh, it, was, uh, it was a good time, but didn't, didn't uh, take the time or have the time to really prepare for uh, an episode. Um, so now that we're in the new year, uh, I've done that, and we're going to be starting off with a story. Uh, and as some of you know who've been listening to this uh, podcast in the past, I do uh, stories. I talk about um, more um, cities and sites uh, to see. I've talked about Italian language, all sorts of things. So uh, if you haven't uh, tuned in before, uh, check out my previous podcast and there's all sorts of things that you can learn about as well as I uh, hear some uh, stories about my travels. Uh, well, Tonight we're going to talk about a, a very interesting event um, called the Calcio Storico, which takes place in Florence. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, start that story. Um, the street surrounding what is the Piazza Santa Croce uh, in the center of Florence uh, were crowded as we waited behind uh, barriers, which were kind of you know makeshift uh, wooden ones. Uh, for the police to let us into the seats for this uh, Calcio Storico, which I'll, I'll talk about in uh, more detail uh, coming up. I was with my four children uh, at that time, ages uh, 11, 9, and 2-year-old twins, and, and my wife, and we just sat along the uh, stone sidewalks uh, waiting to enter, uh, taking sips of water as it was uh, quite a hot day at the time, although we were uh, shaded by the uh, buildings surrounding the uh, the narrow street that we were on. Uh, everyone, um, including us, carried our bottles of mineral water, and um, this was a hot day, as I said before, in the third week of June, which is uh, specifically the week that, that the Calcio Storico is traditionally held. Uh, the event dates back to the late 1400s, I was able to find out uh, online, and apparently was held up to 1739 according to those sources, and then was resurrected by Mussolini, of all people, in 1930. And since then, it has been held uh, every year in Florence. Now, calcio in Italian means soccer, and storico means historic, obviously historic uh, soccer game. Uh, But this isn't your regular uh, traditional soccer game that's played. Each team has uh, 27 players. Again, I looked that up. Uh, Not all playing at the same time. 
And the basic game uh, involves scoring a goal with a soccer-sized ball, that, and the goals are at either end of the field. Sounds pretty much like soccer. But that's kind of where the similarity uh, ends. There's basically no rules, and players can do anything they'd like. They can tackle, fight, kick, uh, or whatever they can do in their quest to score a goal. Um, so apparently it's a, it's a pretty brutal uh, undertaking uh, between the teams uh, over the years. Um, you might kind of see it as a cross between uh, rugby and soccer, uh, wrestling, uh, boxing, uh, minus um, uh, the penalties, because the, the guys are pretty much allowed to do whatever they want. The prize, or polio, um, was actually traditionally an ox or a cow, although that's since been abandoned, and has become basically just the pride of knowing who has uh, won the matches uh, each year. There are four teams that compete in the Calcio Storico. Uh, they represent uh, each quarter of uh, the Florence uh, city. Um, the teams are named after the prominent historical churches that are in each of these quarters, uh, those being Santa Croce in blue, and there's sort of a color of the team uh, jerseys that go along um, and the team flags and such. Um, Santa Maria Novella is the red team, uh, Santo Spiritu in, in white, and San Giovanni in green. About 45 minutes uh, before the game uh, was to, to start, um, the barriers were removed and um, the crowd you know, quickly kind of found their seats on metal bleachers, about maybe 10 rows or so, uh, which surrounded the field on all four sides. Uh, we took a place at the end of the field closest to the entrance to the Santa Croce Church because the sun uh, wouldn't be uh, directly in our eyes, and we thought we'd have a, a better view. Now, the field, if you're wondering, was constructed right in the center of the stone piazza itself. It sounds pretty strange to have a soccer game on um, on stone, um, but that wasn't exactly correct. But what had been done, apparently, was dirt and sand, uh, I don't know how thick, maybe maybe a foot thick or so, had been uh, carted uh, into um, the uh, piazza and to create a, you know, the, a field for the game. Um, I'm just guessing here, but I'd say the field was maybe oh, 40 yards long uh, and about 20 or so, 25 yards wide. Um, around it was a kind of a, a wooden barrier uh, several feet uh, in front of the metal bleachers. Uh, anyway, it was uh, you know we were waiting and it was certainly uh, pretty hot sitting in the bleachers and we were glad to to have our water with us. But uh, the sun definitely was intense, so there was not a cloud in the sky and I would reckon it was in the mid 80s uh, at that time in terms of temperature. And guys around us naturally started uh, removing their shirts and uh, putting water on their head and foreheads and such. Um, and we tried to do our best uh, to stay cool and, um, and keep the kids hydrated. Well, the festivities started uh, late, naturally, about 15 minutes after they were supposed to start, but uh, you got to remember, again, we're in Italy, so things are supposed to be a bit late. Um, and the first thing we could hear was the sound of trumpets um, and, and some drums, and soon a, a long line of men uh, began to walk around and uh, eventually onto the field, um, they were dressed in traditional Renaissance costumes of uh, brilliant colors, 
Um, you know, if you've ever seen uh, Renaissance costumes, I really can't describe them. I'd certainly, you know, check them out online. But they were, uh, uh, trust me, they they were very beautiful um, in in their uh, in their colors and, and garb. And um, apparently, they're historically accurate. Um, not not that I would know the difference <laughs> if they weren't. Um, the group was kind of uh, led by these trumpet players playing the long, thin trumpets that you've probably seen uh, in in movies or pictures. And there were other band instruments such as as drums. Um, there were many other men, and uh, a lot of them carried large traditional Florentine flags, uh, and they waved them uh, as they walked, and they formed patterns um, and and waved them in unison as they marched around the field, uh, kind of almost like you might think of a college football band um, in terms of making patterns and and such a. You know, and, and creating the event, and naturally you had the band in the background, and it was a, a very, very festive um, pageantry. Um, and finally, after that, then the players, um, wearing green, which were the colors of the San Giovanni team, uh, entered the field. Um, and what followed then was a series of ceremonies. Uh, I have no idea uh, what they were doing. But uh, there were men kind of looked like guards, others like judges, uh, Florentine nobles. Uh, again, you know, it was really just the pageantry of, of the event. It didn't matter too much that you didn't know exactly what was happening. And it, it was, you know, the, the pa- parade and pageantry was, you know, definitely beautiful. And I would say it lasted the better part of an hour, maybe maybe a little less than that. And uh, this is certainly one of the reasons to to see this, and I would recommend taking a special trip to see this event, not just because of the game, but also because of the uh, pageantry, which is interesting, as you'll find out in a, in a couple of minutes. Well, anyway, at some point, the pattern of men just looked a little odd, a little uneven, and the green guys uh, were on one side of the field, and they didn't seem to be balanced with the other team on the other side of the field. Um, but we didn't, frankly, know what this meant. It might be normal. Um, so just obviously kept watching. And after the the kind of pageantry and, and such ended, there was kind of a, a moment of noticeable silence in the crowd. And then, you know, people began to cheer and whistle. Uh, I We assumed for the game to start. Uh, there were some people wearing the colors of different teams, and they began to yell for their teams and such, and back and forth. And uh, that, was, that was kind of uh, interesting. Uh, but then, after several minutes, uh, there was a voice on the loudspeaker, kind of one of those muffled voices that you can't exactly tell what's uh, being said. And of course, it wasn't Italian, so I didn't really uh, understand too much, even though I speak some Italian. But after the words, there were moans in the crowd, and all I could tell was it wasn't good. (laughs) It wasn't good news. Um, Again, the the same uh, announcement was made, and the people began booing loudly and yelling and, um, and, you know, just kind of making a a fuss. And um, eventually I asked the guy sitting near me what was going on. Uh, He was an Italian guy. And he explained to me in Italian and some broken English that apparently the second team that was to play wasn't going to show up. Um, that's it. They weren't going to show up. And this, of 
course, made no sense to me. You couldn't imagine a uh, an event in, in the U.S. or probably most other countries. I haven't been to too many pageants in other countries or games, but I have to imagine in most places in the world you're not going to see a team not showing up. But that was the case. And apparently the deal was they weren't coming because of some sort of a protest um, and they were boycotting something that happened in a previous game. I, I don't know. I could never quite find out exactly what that was. But the fact of the matter was the game was not going to go on. Well, um, eventually, naturally, the stands began to uh, to flow out, and, and you know we picked up our water and our, you know whatever we had with us, and uh, followed followed the people out. Uh, it was certainly a, a disappointment. We we very much wanted to see the game, and I just wanted to experience kind of this you know crazy soccer, football, wrestling, uh, you know, rugby kind of game. But um, I guess you have to just chalk it up to the Italians. You know, they're emotional. And uh, apparently they vote with their feet um, when they when they feel strongly about something. But but I don't want to leave this on a bad note. Um, all in all, it was a worthwhile event. The uh, pageantry was definitely worth seeing. And if it were just the pageantry and the parade, I, I'm, I'm sure I, we would have gone as a family also just to see that. Um, so unfortunately, I, like most of you, uh, can only read about and see uh, photos and images on, on the Internet if you want to get a taste of the game. But even though I didn't see the game, I would certainly recommend going. Um, now for us, again, to end on a positive note, uh, it really was about the only thing that went wrong on that particular uh, two-week trip to Italy. And if nothing else, um, I have a story to tell that most people who've seen the event, probably virtually all people who've seen the event, except for that one year, and who knows, there might have been another year, uh, don't have the same story to tell, which is that the game uh, never actually happened. Well, uh, that's about it uh, tonight for our story, and stay tuned for uh, another episode. Uh, by the way, uh, as as you guys know who've been listening, um, I work for a company called TalkShoe, which is how we're creating this podcast. And if you go to TalkShoe, you can create your own podcast. It can be a story like I'm telling now or actually an interactive podcast where people can join kind of like a conference call and um, talk about topics and things like that. So you might want to check out TalkShoe.com. Well, that's it. And uh, this is Jules signing off. Ciao. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.